0: Act 5, Scene 2, in the Shakespeare section of the library, a would-be thespian bludgeons arrival with a hardcover edition of All's Well That Ends Well, and exits stage left. Act 5, Scene 3, the fatally wounded actor pushes record on their phone and mutters, Thus, with a kiss, I die. Is it a clue to the murder? Is it a hint at the motive? No, it's Dying Message, the detective anime mystery podcast. Welcome to Dying Message, where each week we watch detective anime along with a mystery guest. Today's case, Detective Academy Q, episode 27 and 28, The Lost Dragon. I'm your lead investigator, Noah Max Levine, and if you are wondering why I always start the podcast by introducing myself with my full name, it's because it makes this show very popular with the identity thief demographic. Let me give you the lowdown on this podcast for any new listeners. Uh, we all have watched some anime. We're going to talk about it with our wonderful mystery guest. You can watch along with us or not watch along in advance or afterwards, but we're going to spoil the ending so you have been warned. Joining me right here, as you can see with my hand gesture. I'm right here. I understand the medium of podcast. Look at me. Is our resident anime expert, Michael Savitsky, who recently has started playing Yokai Watch 4 on Nintendo Switch in Japanese. And tells me he is pretty much able to follow the game. I am. How's that
1: going? Uh, it's going great. It's fun. <laughs> what, what about that like quest mix-up you had? That quest mix-up. Oh yeah, I was I was like ah, I translated this quest perfectly. I have to go get one of every type of ice cream, and there are three types of ice cream. But no, I was supposed to get. Oh how? I thought I was supposed to get one of the three types of ice cream, but I was supposed to get one of each type or something like that. I had to go to the convenience store twice. Is how it went. It seems like it's just left you very confused. I, I was temporarily confused.
0: Well, um, I'm excited to see you play that over your shoulders some more. <laughs> uh, what have you got for us today, Mike?
1: Uh, so this was a bit of a research flop, but I wanted to talk about it anyway. Because at the later end of the episode, Q talks about what he calls trick art. And he talks about it like it's some kind of art revolution that happened that was inspired by a, a character who doesn't really appear in the episode. Yeah. And he was a big part of it. But all I really found was there is in fact like a trick art museum in Tokyo and it's like a lot of fun paintings for taking selfies in front of that messes with like perspective and it's really cool, but it really does just appear to be this one museum. I'm not convinced there's like a trick art scene in the world or a concept in in modern art, but if I'm wrong, I'd love it if somebody would let me know about it because I'd love to read more about it. Well, the specific thing that they show in this episode is
0: is something that I had seen similar tricks mm-hmm. to before. Uh, so I'm excited. We'll talk about it some more when we talk about the dragons.
1: Yeah, the the dragon bit it reminded me a little bit of like this idea of a Jap- the Japanese idea of like a trick house, which is like I think also just based off of the museum. Yeah. But I see it in a lot of things where it's like a ninja house and there's like a bunch of tricks and and stuff.
0: You didn't play the video game that came out recently, Paper Mario, the Origami King. Mm-hmm. But one of the things you have to do is go through a ninja trick house. Uh-huh, and uh-huh, yeah, there's uh-huh. some hidden rooms with... One of the rooms is like an escape room, but there's some other funky stuff yeah. going on. In there. But
1: as far as I can tell, that's also just literally like a museum in Japan. It's the mm-hmm. ninja trick house.
0: Wonderful. That is something we'll talk about some more. Uh huh. But now let's go ahead and bring on our mystery guest. Um, who will have some, I'm sure, great insights on... Trick art? <laughs> on trick art. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm really excited to to see what she thinks. This was kind of a um, an interesting pair of episodes, so let's bring her in and get right into it. Our guest this episode, she is a comedian and teacher. She's finished 20 crochet projects in quarantine, and one time she solved the case of the missing Ben and Jerry's. I've cracked it. It's Sam Abrams.
2: Hi! Let's talk anime. Let's do
0: it. (laughs) Or we could... uh, I mean, I was thinking maybe you could go through those crochet projects one by one.
2: (laughs) They're mostly scarves and some baby blankets because uh, it feels like everyone I know is having a baby this month, Mm. which is amazing for baby photos and terrifying for thinking about my whole life.
0: (laughs) So um, you, you watched two episodes of anime before you joined us today, but in general... What is your relationship with anime?
2: Um, I don't think I've watched anime since high school (laughs) when I would watch the occasional Sailor Moon or Inuyasha, and that was about it. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. First of all, how religiously would you watch those things? Was it like you were catching it regularly or just randomly? And two, what was it that uh, you liked about those two shows?
2: Um, I think... Both questions will be answered by saying I would be watching Cartoon Network and it would turn to when it starts showing anime at like nine o'clock or 10 o'clock on Friday nights. And so that's kind of why I would catch it. But it was inconsistent enough that I almost never knew what was going on. (laughs) (laughs) So so not very religiously and because it was on and seemed kind of sexy and fun. So Mm -hmm. I would leave it on. For the most part, when I'm done watching Degrassi or whatever. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine just meandering into the middle of a story arc in Sailor Moon and being like, what the fuck is a pure heart crystal? What is happening? (laughs) I still don't know.
2: (laughs) And I think Sailor Moon was more when I was little, too. So like any subtext I just missed. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, cool, Girl Power Rangers, I think was my thought.
1: You had no idea those cousins were secretly lesbian lovers?
2: Not consciously.
1: Oh, yeah. Sam, do you know about that?
2: <laughs> I've heard about it a little bit.
1: <laughs> That's something I learned, they, that they re- rewrote the Japanese cousins? relationship. No. Uh, so, Saturn and Sailor Saturn and Sailor Uranus, Uranus uh, are lesbian lovers in the original manga and anime, but in the dub, they tried to play them off as cousins.
2: Oh. <sighs> That's like saying the friend you live with.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like
0: you were just practicing for this podcast because we threw you onto episodes 27 and 28 of mm-hmm. a show you hadn't seen.
2: Which is kind of okay. Like they they were clear enough about character dynamics that I kind of started to get the sense of who people were even though I probably won't have names for you. Maybe I should look that up.
1: Yeah, these characters are one-sided enough that you can figure them out pretty quickly. <laughs> they also all conveniently introduce themselves
0: by name at the beginning of the first one of these episodes.
1: Oh, they do, yeah.
0: Oh, that's right. But not that it would stick after watching just the two episodes. The other thing I want to ask you about is mysteries. Mystery novels, movies, TV shows, podcasts, I don't know, dinner, theater. Do you like, you like mysteries or no?
2: I do. Um... I don't like mysteries that are like true crime is a big thing right now. I feel like for, you know, my demographic, which is white ladies who are afraid of things. (laughs) (laughs) That's a that's a little too scary for me. But I do like I like a fun mystery, like a clue or a knives out sort of thing. And I do I do like to read books with with some mystery and some twists and turns. Yeah,
0: I I'm not as interested in true crime personally. I've done it sometimes, but like I always say I would want to be a fictional detective because like the kinds of murders and mysteries they have on these shows are much more elaborate puzzles and a bit more removed from real life yeah. than, you know, <laughs> serial killers.
2: <laughs> Although this this episode did have a scenario that I realized is definitely a fear of mine, but I don't want to like jump ahead, but just like as I was watching, I was thinking, "Oh wow, this show's a lot more intense than I expected." Um, yeah, at certain
0: points. <laughs> so putting two and two together, which makes four, as, as we, we learned last episode. We yes. learned last episode <laughs> is, is the catchphrase of some random detective. Detective anime, mystery anime. Is this your first time c- catching any of that? Yes. Perfect. Well, we're excited to see what you think about it. So moving on to start talking about Detective Academy Q episodes 27 and 28, we're starting to get a more continuous plot. Michael, can you tell us just what is this show about?
1: Sure. So Detective Academy Q is about a group of youngsters. They're enrolled in this school, the Don Detective School, where they're trying to become detectives and sort of succeed their headmaster, Don Morihiko, as like the lead assistant investigator to the police of Japan, which is a a big deal. Uh, And now, all of a sudden, after being hinted at for so long, this evil organization, Pluto, who uh, their main shtick is giving people perfect murder plans for lots of money, uh, (laughs) is sort of like infiltrating the school and like, who could be Pluto? Anyone could be Pluto. It's getting very mysterious. Totally. Um, I'm
0: excited to see how that continues because they kind of play through that in these episodes, but we're not done yet. Mm hmm. Um, the very first thing at the start of the episode is the opening song, which at the moment is lovely merry-go-round. Michael doesn't like the song. I do like the song. But I sing it all the time anyway. (laughs) Um, Sam, we need you to settle this, at least for today. Yay or nay, you have the deciding vote.
2: Um, I think I like it because, uh, in the middle, it just starts doing the alphabet and counting to like... And I, I appreciated that because I wasn't thinking about the alphabet in English, and then they started singing it in English. <laughs> <laughs> so so I guess for that reason and that reason only, uh, yay.
1: <laughs> yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but I guess that's a little less preschool if it's not your first language oh, to be a like A, B, point. C, D, E, F, G.
0: Yeah. You'd learn it in, in elementary school or something. Yeah. Yeah.
2: If you two can have a uno, dos, tres, catorce song, then like... And that gets put on everybody's iPod or whatever, then I think this gets this gets a yay.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and now we've made it into the beginning of the first episode, episode twenty seven, The Lost Dragon. There's a very quick scene at the beginning with a character that we know is called Miss Corey, who has the green hair and the glasses, mm-hmm. and the character on the screen who is now seems to be named Sir Anubis.
1: Yes. Um, Much like Miss Kaori is Miss in English, Sir Anubis is Sir Anubis. All right, they're, they're exactly using the sound. English
0: word Miss and the English word Sir rather than like a Japanese honorific.
1: Because they're aliases, because his real name isn't Anubis. This
0: was definitely jumping right into the plot. Sam, what did you pick up from this scene?
2: I don't remember that scene at all. Did I maybe not start it in the right place?
0: <laughs> no, you probably, you probably did. did. It was pretty brief.
2: I think I didn't know enough about who these characters are to have that mean very much to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I should have asked the question in that way because that was my expectation is that like for the first thing to happen, this makes no sense. Mm
1: -hmm. But basically it was like the evil boss of the evil organization is talking to his henchman and he's like, okay, we've kidnapped this person that we're not showing. Go infiltrate the school and pretend to be them. And she's like, okay, don't kill me, thanks. I didn't understand
0: what that meant at first, but I understand now it means that they've substituted someone right. There's uh, another- out at the school and they have an agent who's going to take their spot. Mm-hmm. But we don't know who it is. Yep.
2: But is she the one who's going to go into the school? Because I have a theory who the substitution is.
1: Yes, she is the one.
2: Oh, then my theory is probably wrong.
1: Her moniker is Miss Kauri, and uh, part of the name Kauri means face, so she's like a woman of many faces.
0: Yeah. Well, Sam, we have already seen her take on two different disguises, and one of them
1: was a man. So okay. it, she can be anyone, because they have, and I para-quote, plastic precision surgery. plastic
0: surgery and advanced masquerading technology. Yes.
1: <laughs> so basically, in this like well-grounded world, we have this inexplicable ability for anyone to look like anyone.
2: Okay, that helps a lot because at one point they say, "Like we're gonna have to have to rip the faces off of every student." <laughs> and so, yeah, I was like, "Oh my god, this school's really intense about finding these bad guys."
0: <laughs> By the end of the episode, when they've realized someone's in there, they're like, "How how can we figure it out?" Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're gonna rip their faces off. Boy, do I have thoughts wow. about that
1: scene. We'll get there.
0: <laughs> Moving on to the school, the two of the teachers are there don who's the head of the school and Katagiri glasses lady who's
1: like the second in command Mm -hmm. they're the dumbledore and
0: mcgonagall mcgonagall McGonagall. yeah
1: yeah of murder school you
0: can't avoid it and they introduce a new teacher to us this is the first time we've seen this character
1: except in the opening um
0: his name is hongo tatsumi Mm -hmm. who i have permanently nicknamed stoic assassin sensei (laughs) so what do we learn about hongo in these two episodes
1: Let's see. He's angry. He was in the hospital for a while, and now he's out of the hospital. Yeah. He blocks knives with his watch. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) And isn't isn't very good at it because he's got scratches all over his hands and wrists.
0: (laughs) I love that moment. (laughs) When the kids meet him... I think it's Ryu who notices he has this big chunky watch and scarves on his wrist. Yeah,
1: and he's very definitively like, the only reason a detective would wear a large watch is to block (laughs) knives in a knife fight. And I'm like, is that the
2: only reason? Yes, (laughs) it is. That's the only reason.
0: (laughs) We can't, among us, think of any other real reasons why someone would wear a big rugged watch.
1: Yeah, because it shoots paintballs that attract uh, butterflies with pheromones so that you can follow somebody who's been kidnapped of yeah course. they have a
0: very fancy detective school watch <laughs> like it's well have.
1: established that chunky watches are a detective's tool in this show so it's weird that they were like what's with that weird watch
0: well it is like um you know i've been playing the ps4 game avengers that came out and there's lots of gear that you acquire to level up your character Mm -hmm. and the piece of gear will be like a bracelet. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why does wearing a bracelet increase defense over my entire body? Mm -hmm. Well, that's now, you know,
2: (laughs) it's that, it's that rugged watch.
0: (laughs) So, so rugged Uh, notes on his appearance. He's like super tall. He's got, yeah, two like distinctive scars on his faces. Mm -hmm. And they also, in this scene reference, another teacher, Maki, Mm -hmm. who we had met one time. He's the forensics teacher, and they mention that he's been mysteriously overseas, which is, I guess, why we never
1: saw him again. Right. But now he's back, but he does not appear in this episode.
0: Uh, He appears in the next one.
1: Oh, that's true. He's at, He's probably at the meeting, right? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's definitely at he's the meeting. He's pretty unremarkable, so I don't episode. directly remember him.
0: Yeah, so it seems like they're really playing with either this new guy or Maki being the plant because one is returning from overseas and one is just newly joining the faculty but it could be some of the other people cuz yeah. you know
1: who knows who knows
0: the kids learn that they have a new teacher yeah he's
1: their new homeroom teacher and they're excited
0: uh, and for different reasons <laughs> so i'm very i thought it was really interesting how this plays out because yeah he comes in as like a big disciplinarian he gives them a lecture he's like you all lack discipline you all lack discipline. You don't
1: have the face of detectives. Yeah. Whatever the hell that means.
0: Well, he go- Ryu is like, I guess, trying to diffuse the tension. Ryu is the blue haired guy. So I didn't do this in our regular order. Let's, let's talk about some of these characters. Okay. Let's talk about some of these characters. Sam, there's five characters.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, who we can identify based on their hair color and or height. And basic, and basic characteristics. And basic characteristics. <laughs> so the two, like, main characters in focus in this episode, these two episodes are Q and Megu. Um, yes. What did you pick up on, like, their character dynamics about the, those two?
2: I have, like, a real relating moment to Megu when... Um, so so we'll get into this, but they get into a dangerous situation or, like, a detective-y situation. And... Um, q grabs her hand and she thinks i wonder if he has feelings for me or maybe he just doesn't see me as a woman (laughs) i thought thought for her that being the only two options of like our relationship is he's into this or he barely sees me as a human being let alone a woman uh like that is what high school feels like
0: yeah (laughs) I was thinking about it more, just like Q really doesn't always understand emotions and treat people in normal ways, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, he's such a like prolific detective person. Mm-hmm. But but I didn't think about the interior of psychology.
1: Yeah, you were just thinking like a
0: man, Noah. <laughs> I was just thinking like a man, Noah.
2: <laughs> and then who's who's the tall guy that was like, I have a part time job, I can't do this right now. That's Kinta. Um, he was cracking me up because he's all kinds of emotions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he is like quick to jump into action. He's action guy. And also, yeah, quick to excitement.
1: Yeah, we learn he hates authority, which explains his relationship with his father. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, last episode, episode 26, we learned that Kinta's father is the police commissioner.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: And then, right, so there's there's two left. The one is the uh, short guy with the glasses. Mm-hmm. Who conveniently has his initials on his shirt and beanie? (laughs) Kazuma uh, Narusawa? (laughs) Look on your face. I'm looking at a
2: character list, so yes.
0: (laughs) 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 Um, Did you pick up some of his main traits?
2: Uh, He's your tech guy. Um, What? This is from. Okay, this is from the early 2000s. Um, cause he was kind of cracking me up. It felt like no one knew how to Google anything except for him.
1: (laughs) That's his main superpower.
2: Is that he's good on the computer.
1: (laughs) He's got the Google.
0: And that brings us to Ryu, who has a fun moment with the teacher right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ryu's main defining characteristic, I would say, is blue hair. And being mysterious.
2: Yeah, very chill. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Ryu, also we established last episode, has some direct connection with Pluto (gasps) and is maybe a plant at the school on their behalf. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. That's some background for you. (laughs) Which is is why this thing that happens between him and the teacher is really significant. Mm -hmm. Because he's like, let's start the class. And the teacher is like, you won't even look me
1: in the eyes. That must mean you're a criminal or
0: something. Well, like he was that. like
1: avoiding eye contact is more like a criminal than a detective. But I'm like, I think that's just Japanese society is avoiding <laughs> eye contact. I thought, but and <laughs> and when he says that, it like does a quick zoom in on
0: Ryu being like, oh no, someone's discovered my secret. Yep. Um, just his face facial reaction. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, that makes that scene make a lot more sense. I was kind of like, <laughs> I was like, man, this school's weird. <laughs>
0: Yeah, in general, I think they're just trying to
1: establish the guy though as this like disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. I mean, to the point that he like threatened, he like halfway strangled Kinta with a wooden stick. Which yeah, I was that was like, pretty okay. rough.
0: Um, so I was so I was gonna ask you, Sam. You you are a teacher. You have to handle matters of you know classroom control and things like that. How did he do like? did he do the right things for a teacher on the first day of class to kind of establish a good rapport (laughs)
2: um well i think a lot of teachers really do ascribe to the the thing you might have heard where like you don't smile till christmas or you don't smile till thanksgiving where like you have to go in and be really tough and you have to go in and like set your boundaries really strongly um i'm only a second year teacher so i'm not great at the balance of that um and I think really what he did best was um, immediately telling all his students that they could never be good detectives. Because, of, <laughs> <laughs> because nothing really in, it gets a kid excited to learn than telling them, um, you can't do this and you never should do
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> they are pretty loosey-goosey.
2: I guess, but like... This episode proves that they're already pretty good detectives. They made a lot of logic leaps that I never, ever, ever would have gotten to. But um, the other thing that I was thinking about with this scene is just that, like, this guy's situation is kind of a teaching nightmare in that he, A, didn't really seem to really want to do it, and B, it looked like he had the conversation with the guy in his office who was like, you have to teach this class. I don't I, like I don't care what you want to do you have to teach this class and then takes into the classroom and goes good start your lesson um, <laughs> as someone that's just like buried in to-do lists of of lesson prep the idea of being told like here you go you're teaching a class and now you're doing it right this second is the worst <laughs> it doesn't justify strangling a kid ever but no. that is a true nightmare <laughs>
0: We shouldn't be surprised that he says nothing of value.
2: But they did like have a, a cut and make it sound like he was, he had taught them about something after that point.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. They're like, oh my gosh, that was twice as tiring as ever.
2: Yes, yes.
0: But in order for our characters to get in real hot water, they have to do the real cartoony thing where Kinta says something real offensive about the teacher uh, just as he's returning back into the room and opening <laughs> the door to hear it. Yep. <laughs>
2: this actually happened to me this year. Um, so like (laughs) we're in, it wasn't that offensive, but, um, you know, we're doing virtual school and I had the kids in breakout rooms in the first week of, um, classes. And, uh, as a teacher, you can hop around and go to different breakout rooms and kind of check in. But when you join, if they're like, I guess if they're not looking at the screen, they don't see you. So this kid was – like I joined his breakout room and there's two other kids in the room. One is off camera. The other is looking directly at the camera so sees me immediately and says nothing. And the third kid is looking off at something, like at his phone or something or into space or whatever. And he is just talking about all the teachers and what he thinks about them and trying to get the other kids to say like, don't you think some of these teachers are mean? (laughs) and the kid who sees me is just staring at is like just staring straight ahead going like i don't know man i don't know (laughs) (laughs) and so the and the moment when i finally said something and the kid realized i was there was like oh thank god because virtual teaching is really weird you don't get those weird moments as much um but i was like oh thank god i'm still gonna get to mortify kids every once in a while but just just my
0: presence it's harder to uh To hack into their Facebook message conversations than to intercept a physical note. (laughs) (laughs) Do kids still pass notes now that they probably have cell phones and are texting and stuff?
2: Um, At my school, they have to turn in their cell phones in the beginning of the day. So they do sometimes, but it's usually more of like, I'm sitting next to my friend and we're going to both write together on a notebook page. Oh, yeah. But, like, anytime I've intercepted a note, it's just never felt good. No. <laughs> like, like, I'd rather just let them pass notes and not pay attention for a few minutes and then, like, get back into it.
1: Um,
0: yeah, I don't see any re- reason to read the note aloud unless you're, like, in a TV show and it's important to the plot.
1: Well, I think that's primarily where that happens. So <laughs>
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Never, <laughs> never ever read the note aloud because you risk reading something out loud that's nasty about yourself. Because kids can be sometimes <laughs> or something that's nasty about another kid, which would be really terrible yeah. um, <laughs> to read out loud. Oh, my God, I, I wouldn't. I usually just take it and throw it directly in the trash because when I was student teaching, um, the Infinity War movie came out and a couple of my kids went to see it like the night it came out. So they were trying to pass notes to get caught with spoilers in them. <laughs> Wait, because oh they God. wanted
0: to spoil the movie for other kids. No, for yeah, the teacher. Yeah, well for me. What, both, a <laughs> what a it's trap!
2: What a trap! So that was where I learned: like, never read the note. Just take it and throw it away.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there's no reason. <laughs> it's not like there's like some deep mystery that is going to lead you to a secret hidden room in the basement. Okay, jumping ahead. Well. <laughs> Let's uh let's I love find how I out. say
1: that like I didn't directly reference it last week offhandedly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, if you listened last episode, did you catch uh Michael spoiling spoiling the plot of this episode in an offhand <laughs> comment? That's what happens when we record two podcasts back to back and have already watched all the it anime. It was 2
1: interviews. hours ago in our personal timeline. Oh. So,
0: let's go through the the so he catches them and that's the what leads to the setup of all the shenanigans mm-hmm. because he's like, well, now you got to clean the school. Mm-hmm. Um, and it
1: looks like it's a punishment for Kinta. Ryu and Kazuma like get out of there. Well, yeah, so Kinta's like, I have a job. Peace. Uh, Ryu and Kazuma are like, we're rich. Peace. Uh, so then it's just Megu and Q. And it seems like it's really just
0: Q, but Megu decides to stay and, and help him out. Mm-hmm. So they go to the Scooby-Doo library. The What? The Scooby-Doo library. You mean the, the document <laughs> room? well they call it the reference room but it looks like a library in scooby-doo because it's full of books and cobwebs Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as most libraries are yes
0: and i think the other thing that we should fill sam in is you may notice there's like
1: oh we should fill sam in okay i thought you said fill sam in i'm like what yeah, I'm stuffing these. My <laughs> p- new nickname pastries. is Phil Salmon. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Salmon. <laughs> That's a great
0: alias. Let's get you some plastic surgery and advanced masquerading technology. Phil okay. Salmon, the,
1: the fishmonger. Yeah, Phil Salmon.
0: Um, So, this class Q is kind of special, maybe. And they have their own classroom in this weird old building, which Don bought when he started as a private detective. Whereas everybody else goes to school in this like fancy state of the art detective school building.
1: Right. It's like an old shitty building that used to be his office. And then it was like the first building of the school. But now they have a new building. So this is just old and unused until now.
0: Yeah. You have to go from the actual school like into the woods a ways to get to their weird, creepy old school building.
2: Oh, is that where they are for this episode? Is the creepy one? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. That's that's where they are all throughout.
2: That makes a lot more sense. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And the the other thing I like here is they're just about to walk in when Don comes up Mm -hmm. to be like, oh, by the way, did I tell you that I bought this building for cheap because there was a murder here and also ghosts? Also, (laughs) bye. Yeah, it was so... (laughs) Have a good night.
2: This bothered me so much because like, if I'm running a detective school and there's a murder that happened in the place where my detective school is held and I haven't solved it, then I shouldn't be running a detective school.
1: <laughs> well he they come to that conclusion
0: by the end of these two episodes.
1: <laughs> My basic note was Dan with that good responsible teaching as always.
0: Yeah, he he really should not be in charge of children.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Now, they make a note. They find the floor plan for the building, which was built in 1936, and they see the construction planner was a guy named Kuzuryu Takumi, Mm -hmm. who we learn
1: later is a master of trick art. Mm -hmm. They also make note that it is a weird name, and it is a weird name. The surname literally means nine dragons. And then
0: there's like, they're mostly done cleaning. Q spills water, which causes them to move a bookshelf, and they find a secret door.
1: Yeah, it's very inexplicable that they happened to find this just now.
0: It's not on the floor plan. It doesn't seem to lead to anything outside. They look in this shed that's out back, so they don't know where it could possibly go. On the door is a picture of 10 dragons, but the building designer's name was 9 dragons. Ooh. There's too many dragons. It's a good thing they just
1: learned about that a minute ago.
0: Now, this is something we'll definitely share on our social media because what happens next is so, so visual. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this on your our, your commute
1: we cannot describe <laughs> it is it's a very fun like escape room level puzzle yeah. where yeah they have to essentially slide the painting on like the diagonal cut upwards so that the 10 dragons like one of the dragon's head is in a cloud one its tail is in a cloud and when it realigns uh, it's just going through the cloud and there are yeah. nine dragons
0: and i've i've seen similar things with like people and other kinds of puzzles presented as kind of like an illusion like where does the person disappear to sort of thing
1: and i was definitely like oh what an escape room like puzzle but then it turns out it was just a setup for the opposite of an escape room a yeah. don't escape room because when they
0: put that into space the door opens for them
1: the stairs go
0: down into a creepy basement that Megu does not want to go into
1: because it has like a literal jail cell <laughs> well they don't know that until they go down there well they when they look at the door they're like "Ooh, it's a jail cell Look at this slot where you feed oh, the prisoner. Right. Let's go in. Right. Right <laughs> at the bottom of the stairs is
0: one of the world's creepiest doors. Yeah. They have their flashlights from their notebook, which has a couple helpful things in it. Mm-hmm. And the door has, like, a bolt, so you can bolt it from the outside and not access it from the inside, and a slot at the bottom, like, that you could find slide food inside if you're feeding someone.
1: Wouldn't you just march right in here, Sam? I mean, not ever, but
2: <laughs> <laughs> I... I was really proud of them for like figuring all this stuff out super fast because they like, um, you know, I think they like look and see like what looks like just some wooden shards of something. And they're like, this must be a chamber pot. It must be a prison. And I was like, first of all, if it's a chamber pot, why are you touching it? Second of all,
0: (laughs) self-defense.
2: Well, yes. Later. (laughs) But it just, they walk into this situation and um, the amount of deduction that happens, I was actually pretty impressed by. But I was also like pretty sad that no one knew about the secret room.
0: I thought that was kind of ridiculous.
1: Also, a wooden chamber pot sounds awful.
0: And yeah. I don't quite understand the layout of this prison because behind that locked door, there's another door, which leads to a second room. Mm-hmm. I don't know w- why there would need to be two rooms here, except
2: extra escape protection.
1: Well, so the door with the dragon on it led to a stairwell, which led down to the basement, which is where the the cell is. Right. So the door, the
0: the which is the bolted door. Right. But then there's this one chamber with the chamber pot in it, and then there's a second door.
1: Oh, well. And to they be... open
0: the second door, and they go into a slightly larger, but still very small room, mm-hmm. which has in it a crumpled cloth, a broken dish, a broken cup, an overturned chair, and a chopstick with a darkened tip. <laughs> And yeah, Sam, like you're talking about, they do lots of deductions here.
2: It's it's amazing.
1: It's also very, very escape room like. Cause the first thing you do when you go into an escape room is like, what are all the objects in here? How are they weird? Um, I also noted like we had some uh
0: complaints. We pointed out in earlier episodes when they would just touch things without gloves on. Oh yeah. <laughs> and here they're like, well, we have gloves in our notebook, <laughs> and it, it's like, oh, now you figured it out. <laughs>
2: I liked that moment because they—it really felt like an advertisement for those notebooks.
0: <laughs> Do you think they sold those notebooks? Probably not. Back but... at that time, mm. maybe not anymore. Not anymore, for sure. So they find a Burns diary, and they—the chopstick—they have luminol in their kit, which would react with blood, and it glows as if someone has been using the chopstick to write in this diary with their own blood.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Which they got to
2: so fast. They were like, here's a chopstick. There, it, there's dark on the end of it. There must be a journal around here somewhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like also how the diary has been burned, mm-hmm. but in a way that but most of the enough. writing inside has survived. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Just enough to be like a clue in a mystery game where you're finding the items and being like, what a mysterious half-burned journal with some information in it. And the very
0: ominous thing they read is something about like, they're they're feeding me, they're keeping me alive. I will get out of here and kill them all. I will
1: kill them all. I will kill them all.
0: This is, I think, where your literal nightmare comes into play, Sam, because someone has been kind of slowly creeping down the stairs, intercutting yeah. with them exploring, and locks the door. And then there's the slot in the bottom for food, and he puts a snake in it.
1: Yep. From a thermos that I thought was going to be full of coffee. Also, we see the wrist. Has the Pluto mark on it. There was a lot established in the episode right before this one, which had very little mystery and a lot of
0: plot. One of the other pieces is that Pluto always marks things with their symbol. E- each person has it on their person somewhere, and ugh, like all their devices have it on there. They're pretty silly.
2: And they um, and I think at the end of the episode they say that they use waterproof makeup to cover up the symbol. So if you were <laughs> trying to use that symbol to actually identify them. Like, I guess this person's just walking around with it out and proud. But like, <laughs> if this undercover secret person that I only just learned about, I guess we may never know because they cover up the symbol or they don't maybe.
1: This is the moment where I thought to myself, and maybe I'm being led to think it, but so far everything that I've picked up from the show feels like uh, it wasn't like a, a red herring. It just sort of worked out, but it was on his left, rich, left wrist. Which I'm like, oh, that's another reason to wear a chunky watch on your wrist. <gasps> oh. That's just my thought. Oh, I didn't think of that. <laughs> that is another reason. It is.
2: He's not my pick, though. We'll get also, to it at the end.
1: <laughs> also, we know that Miss Cowrie gets into knife fights. It's one of the two things we know about her. <laughs>
2: I wish I had set that as my intro. The <laughs> teacher gets into knife fights. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But anime knife fights where anime you're like doing backflips. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And using my watch to block, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is a real nightmare because they could they honestly could have just closed it up, covered up the door and not put a snake in there. And they still probably would have starved to
0: death. Yeah, eventually.
2: But then they, they make like a really big point of showing this snake come out of the thermos like for a while. <laughs> like this is a big snake
0: first they realize they're locked in and they're like did you close the door no did you close the door no then who closed the door Q's was like this is bad because we know that supposedly don has had this building for years and never discovered this door or this mm-hmm. entrance so no one's ever going to find us and that's when she gets bitten by a snake
1: mm-hmm. and boy oh boy does q Beat the shit out of this snake with a toilet. He's like, wham, 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 wham. And it's like, I'm still alive. And then he's like, wham, wham, wham,
0: wham, wham, wham. Well, you know, a lot of people play um, rock, paper, scissors, but have you never played chamber snake? The third thing, the only third thing that makes sense to me is like a- Girl's ankle? Uh, no, I was going to say penis. <laughs> oh. Because what? the snake bites the penis, the penis pees in the toilet, <laughs> the toilet beats up the snake. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. What? <laughs> I'm only saying this now because I can I know I can edit it out later. <laughs> the power. I don't think you should. <laughs> <laughs> does that not does that not have a kind of logic? I guess.
2: I mean once you explained it, but <laughs> before explanation, though.
1: It holds Possibly more water than paper-covering rock. I'll give you that. Well,
0: the chamber it pot doesn't hold water it. water
2: is that chamber pot. <laughs> yeah. yes, yes. Not after Q
0: smashes the snake with it. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: the thing that I was amazed at by this point, so um, she gets bit by a snake, and she's like not sure if she's bit at first. And she's sitting in the most like impossible yoga position with just her legs splayed <laughs> to either side of her. And uh, when they realize that she's bit, um, he tells Megu to move as little as possible so that the venom doesn't spread. And all I could think about for most of the episode was like, she might just die from her legs being stuck in that position. (laughs) (laughs) Because it just looks so uncomfortable. And I know it might be like an anime posture, but... Oh, man. Yeah, for
0: sure. And this, of course, is the cliffhanger for the end of the episode. Mega's like, if we don't get out of here, I'm going to die from this snake bite. They recognize it as a poisonous snake, I guess. Um, it didn't feel very dangerous to me because like, we know they're all going to survive, but mm-hmm. it was pretty intense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So.
2: Well, I didn't know how many episodes there were in the show.
0: True, yeah. So
2: they could, and like, I don't know, I've heard about anime doing some pretty crazy stuff. It would really light a fire under these other characters' asses. If these characters were just killed in a prison.
0: <laughs> so before we move into episode twenty-eight and continue talking about the snake bite, because we're not done. Right, right, right. Did you stay past the credits and catch the post-credit scene here?
2: I didn't. But what can I say? One more thing for in episode, so he sucks out the venom for like thirty seconds, and then is like, "That's all I can do." And I just feel like at that point, I would have been like, nah, dude, do more, because Venom, dude. Um, (laughs) There there was no reason for him to stop as fast as he did with the knowledge that he has about everything else.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, Well, I did a bunch of Googling, and both WebMD and Wikipedia say you shouldn't try to suck the Venom out of a leg. Cause you can get infected with it and also you could infect the wound with bacteria. Right. And after a very short amount of time, just a couple of minutes, you're not likely to get any venom out of there. Mm-hmm. The more you know. Hmm. Um so I want to talk about the the snake in more detail. But first I want to talk about this post-credit scene, which is the tiniest thing. It was just like we saw what Kinta's job was.
1: Well, first I thought it was going to be Nanami. I thought it was going to be Nanami because it was a bunny suit.
0: Right. There was someone in a bunny suit like at a birthday party for kids Mm -hmm. and he takes off his head and it's Kinta and it's clear that, yeah, this is the job he had to get to.
1: And he has this very silly dramatic moment where where he's like, what does a, what what noise does a rabbit look uh, make? And then he looks out over the like sunset over the ocean. Yeah,
0: (laughs) It's like, okay. Just a nice cut moment of tension. Really, Sam, you didn't miss anything. Nope. That actually sounds like I really missed a lot. I'm sad watch that. Let's let's talk about snakes. Let's talk about pit vipers because I took to Wikipedia and I've got some fun facts. Okay, great. Well, it turns out there's a lot of different kinds of pit vipers mm-hmm. that are various degrees of dangerous. Twenty-five to fifty percent of snake bites don't even infect you with venom. Mm-hmm. And then thirty-five percent of the time, when you do get venom, it's pretty mild. Only ten to fifteen, it's severe. So for this particular pit viper, which they tell us is the Habu pit viper, Great. Uh, is from the island of Okinawa. So it, it wouldn't be naturally here, but it would be naturally on the island of Okinawa. And the fatality rate is less than 1%. But maybe it's a bit more dangerous if she doesn't get to the hospital right away. But if you get medical
1: care, you are pretty much okay. Also, if you already think you're going to die because you're locked in a room and a snake bites you, you're going to be upset. Like, you're just gonna be like, well, now I'm fucked. Yeah, it's it's pretty oh, yeah. upsetting. <laughs> um, but y- who wants to be more upset? What's that? Who
0: wants to be more upset? Because I'm going to tell you about habushu. Okay. Okay. Which is not something I wanted to know about. Oh, uh, no. Um, so habu are becoming endangered in the wild because they are harvested for habushu, which is a snake-baked liqueur. It's also called Okinawan snake wine. Now, I've heard of this sort of thing before. <laughs> um, like snakes and alcohol. So they start with awamori, which is a long-grain rice alcohol, which mm-hmm. isn't just used for snake alcohol. Okay. And then they do really terrible things to the snake that I'm not going to describe because like I don't care for snakes, but it still starts to feel like a lot of cruelty to this creature.
2: Mm -hmm. They beat the shit out of it with
0: a chamber pot. It's really, really terrible, but you'll get the bottle of the liquor with the snake, sometimes with the snake still inside. No. Sometimes not with the snake no, still inside. No, you don't you get bite. a bottle of liquor it with any snake in it.
1: Nobody <laughs> wants that. I don't want a bottle of tequila with a worm in it. I don't want a snake in my liquor. I will also say all of this is from Wikipedia.
0: So, like, that's my source. I'll, I'm very upfront about that. The other thing about this is it's they... It's very popular to age it, and one of the reasons for that is the longer you leave it in the alcohol, the more likely it is that the venom actually like gets depoisonous because the alcohol breaks it down. So they should have mm-hmm. just gotten Megu yeah. slashed, and they would have been fine. Um, and it's a popular drink for virility because a habu <sighs> snake is able to mate for as long as twenty six hours, so people think it can cure sexual dysfunction in men.
1: I feel like I mentioned this a few episodes ago, but the the like. Folky old-timey Japanese medicine and health like practices from like way back when they they're all focused on your virility virility. It's so stupid. So this is the specific kind of snake
0: that is (laughs) is the habu pit viper Mm -hmm, um, mm -mm. Which you can drink if you want
1: don't want to thanks (laughs) Shall we get back? What were we doing? (laughs) Well, so we started the episode and Mega was like we're dead we're done for we were screwed before but now we're really done for and my note here was like okay Megu you're done for <laughs> <laughs> Q might be okay but anyway yeah the one the Q
0: observation Q has is these pit vipers don't occur naturally on this island
1: so th- he concludes that somebody brought it there to kill them right they must they're in Tokyo so they're in Honshu which is the main island of Japan and Okinawa is a different island I
2: don't- was pretty clever because um as someone who doesn't know a lot about snakes uh that was like a quick shorthand way of being like just getting to that idea very very quickly is like i know that this snake isn't on this particular island so there must be foul play Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i i don't know i thought it was impressive storytelling on that (laughs) one
0: yeah there's a lot of fun little deductions along the way i think part of it is this is our second story in a row that's not them solving a murder mystery so they're finding all these ways to incorporate that same kind of deduction Uh, last time it was breaking and entering and this time it's this kind of like kidnapping plot
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: so the other three characters very fortunately, discover that Q never returned home, and conclude that maybe something happened to Q and Megu. Mm-hmm. So I think Kinta figures it out first, and he he calls up Ryu and Kazuma. So the other three members of Class Q, they're all going to go back to school and and try to figure out what happened to them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I liked that the logic there was that um, Q probably wouldn't call home. Because he kind of sucks, but Megu definitely would, so something must be wrong.
0: <laughs> that was what I thought too, because they're like, oh, Q didn't call home. I'm like, so what? <laughs> like, he just goes away.
1: We also, as they start running towards the school, we get this absolutely awful action music that's like, yeah, wop, 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 yeah, wop, wop. I'm like, what is this? I don't remember that.
0: <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> uh, the other thing that happens here is they recruit two members of class a that they bump into in the hallway
1: yeah and i just refer to them in my notes from this point forward as generic tachi because they're so generic
0: they they matter for only one reason um which is that they stand lookout later and also they kind of are just softly impressed by all the stuff that the other three characters do (laughs) Uh, but these are characters we've met before um one of them is goda who is the puzzle king Mm -hmm. and the other one is shishida who has Uh, like, solved a bunch of mysteries as a young person. Mm -hmm. And I think he has advanced psychological knowledge. Thank God
1: we had the Puzzle King along, and there was one puzzle, and he didn't solve it. (laughs) Right? (laughs) They're just along for the ride, like... Yeah, like you said, they're just the friends that you keep around to be impressed by you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, so
0: first, let's talk through all the stuff that happens with Ryu and Kazuma and their investigation, and then we'll talk through what Q and Megu are doing in the basement, kind of while this is happening. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to figure out where they went. They realize the cleaning supplies are all put away, so it made, so it looks like they finished and went home. But but there's a wet bucket interior.
1: Mm-hmm. That wet bucket interior.
0: Um, <laughs> but Classic. the mops haven't been used. The bucket is wet, but the mops are dry. So he thinks they were interrupted before successfully mopping. And something has happened. They also mentioned that this would not be the first time that Pluto has kidnapped one of these children. Because a Class A member Yukihiro was kidnapped just a few episodes ago.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, first place to look? The trash can. Well, they're specifically like, DDS handbook rule number 21. Start by looking in the trash. <laughs> I'm just like, what a stupid rule. <laughs> and boy, this culprit threw everything in the trash threw everything in the trash right outside (laughs) this is also like a running thing with Kaori just throwing evidence in the trash because the one other appearance she's had she threw all the evidence in the trash and they found it and that's why she had to kidnap yukihira (laughs) it all ties together and i'm like what like the first time you your evidence is found in the trash you learn a lesson so it's her fault really so what did they find in the trash can uh some cute backpacks yeah, they're two backpacks mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, a, a snake thermos. A snake thermos, <laughs> which I'm like, isn't that a special enough tool that you keep it? Like, what was the the reason to throw that away?
0: Well, if they start searching people at the school mm. and they find the snake thermos on you, then it's incriminating.
2: But I would not suspect a thermos, and there's no fingerprints on a snake. But there is, <laughs> there are potentially fingerprints on the sketchy-ass... Snake thermos.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, like, I don't think a snake thermos should be allowed in a school.
1: Oh.
2: But it looks like a regular, like, I I have to take issue with this because as a teacher, I know the need for coffee. and oh, that's true. <laughs> like, they, uh, the only difference between that and other thermoses is that it just has holes in the bottom. And I just feel like if you're a mastermind, shape-shifting disguise master, you should be able to be like, oh no! Mice got to my thermos! <laughs> Something like
1: that. Or have a cap that goes on the bottom so it looks like a regular thermos.
0: Yeah! I I was just imagining what I ho- imagine is an anime thing where someone just like surgically implants a snake thermos into their body so that the snake can live inside them and then like come out of them. I that idea so uh. much. That's, that also
1: sounds like something they would do on Hunter Hunter.
0: Yeah, like an anime. It's definitely an anime villain thing mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. have
1: like a snake hole. Well, there's that Naruto character who has like a whole swarm of bugs that live in his body. Yeah. And they come out through holes in his skin. Yeah. I hate that.
2: Yikes. My D&D character for one of my games um, is named Jason Kelsey after the football player. And he has um, bees that live in his beard.
0: Oof. And
2: and I can make the bees mad, and it makes my attacks better. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, even if you, like, kick someone, they would still be, you You,
1: you just get enhanced attack stats?
2: Uh, it's It, like, affects my um, ranged weapons.
1: Noah, if a watch on your wrist can increase your entire body's defense, bees in your beard can increase your entire body's attack. Uh, yeah, that's what I was leading to.
0: Thank yeah, you for yeah, bringing it yeah. yeah. home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Cosma does all the deduction on
1: the thermos Mm -hmm. Um, with his weird it's the same notebook but it's got my face on it and extra stuff i loved
0: that (laughs) he's like oh you all just have the school issue dds notebook i have this fancy expensive one which has like a whole bunch of extra tools in it
1: yeah i don't you wouldn't necessarily know this sam but kazuma is rich Uh... earlier when he was like i should have what's his face take me home that was his chauffeur
0: yeah his (laughs) um his favorite food is, of course, lobster sandwiches. Well, oh, what do they called homard again? Homard sandwiches.
1: Yeah, homard sandwiches, which are basically like lobster salad on white bread. Yeah. <laughs> and he's also in elementary school.
0: He's the youngest one of them. Mm-hmm. Right. So he noted the air holes and figured out it was a creature. Mm-hmm. He thinks it's, it's not a fish. Oh, then he finds the scale. Mm-hmm. It's not a fish because there's no water and there's air holes. Mm-hmm. So it's probably a reptile. Then he uses a microscope and camera from his notebook to... Uh, Identify the exact scale and figure out it's a this specific habu pit viper.
1: Meanwhile, before he even figures it out, when he's like, "It's a reptile of some kind," Ryu's off to the side like, "Oh shit!" Because so we know he's figured out who it is and that they use this method regularly, probably.
0: Oh, I didn't, I didn't put two and two together, but yeah, Kinta has a great moment here where he is starting to go. a, A Ryu is like, "Where can we find?" anti-venom mm-hmm. and cosmos says at tokyo university hospital and kitta starts running before somebody even has to tell him mm-hmm. like hey it's your job to go do that
2: i was so impressed by that i was so <laughs> impressed because first of all these friends noticed that their friends didn't come home which in the world of quarantine i don't think anyone would notice if anybody didn't come home and <laughs> and then like I can just imagine if this happened in real life with the people that I know and no offense to everyone I know, but like, there no would offense. be a moment of like, are you going to the hospital? Am I going to go? I, oh, I have a bike. Okay. Well, you have a car. So maybe you should go. Like there would be a moment of like, <laughs> let's figure this out. And if I'm being completely honest, I would want to stay and figure out the mystery. So I would be like, I would make Joe go. <laughs> like I would make <laughs> somebody else go, so I could figure out what the deal was.
0: I also wonder: is there a Grubhub or Uber solution to this scenario for snake venom? Yeah, to get or anti-venom.
2: A uh, Fiverr.
0: Certainly not in two thousand three.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you just pay someone five bucks to go get that anti-venom. Uh, go
0: get that it, is also a question here. So he hops on his motorcycle. Do you, can you just go to a hospital and be like? give me your snake anti-venom probably not that's like
1: a medical resource
2: but it is a snake that is kind of native to at least japan if not where they are
1: also i don't think i don't think you pick up your prescriptions at a pharmacy in japan i think you pick them at the (laughs) the hospital so it's possible he just went to the pharmacy and it's like a thing they sell or provide Maybe, maybe it seems more specialized
0: you always hear about like Oh, that hospital doesn't have the anti-venom. or
1: Yeah, what or not. always. You always do. But, I'm but just hearing about but it But if, if it's a
2: snake you'd have nearby, you would have the anti-venom.
1: I hate it when my doctor writes a prescription for anti-venom and I go to the first CVS and they're like, we don't have it. And I'm like, I got to go to the one 30 minutes away. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I would say snake bites are pretty terrifying in general. Just that thought. Oh, yeah. I don't want to be bit by a snake.
2: Because you have, you have some time. So you have the existential dread of like, this is it. I'm trapped in a pit or a jail room in my school. And I have a short amount of time before death.
0: The more stressed out you get, the faster your heart beats and more it circulates your blood and the the faster it it kills you.
2: And you're doing a yoga pose the whole time. It's a real (laughs) issue.
0: No, the yoga. That's why she's in the yoga pose to calm herself down. (laughs) You don't do yoga that makes your heart beat faster.
1: Let's be real. She's in the yoga pose because they want to show her legs because it's Megu and all they do is show her legs.
0: Ugh. <laughs> has anybody, someone should email yoga for Adrian and see if she can put out like yoga for when you've just been bitten by a snake. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she's so good. I bet she has it. Yeah. She has it already.
0: These are the poses that slow down the course of venom through your system uh, important. Important stuff. All right, let's check back in in this murder basement. <laughs> <laughs> While these folks are getting closer to find them, Q and Megum are definitely having this kind of existential crisis. But Q is like, we should figure out, this person seems to have escaped. He concludes that they escaped because the diary was burnt. You're shaking your head. Do you not buy that?
1: No, 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 no. I just found it funny when he figured it out, what, how that worked.
0: He's like, the uh, if the person had died... <laughs> no one would have burned his diary. So therefore he escaped. So they want to figure out how he escaped. And they go, they do that by reading through his diary. And there's a point in there when the person starts talking about getting his meals every day, but only eating them every other day. So they conclude that he's saving up their meals. Mm -hmm. And I love Q is so smart, but (laughs) in order to figure out how this works, he has to use stone. (laughs) He's a mystery <laughs> expert, not a mathematician, Noah. So he takes 10 stones and he's like, he's like, this is the one you eat, this is the one you don't eat, this is the one you eat, this is the one you don't eat. And he does that for 10 days and he ends up with five stones and he's like, well, these are all the f- meals that you didn't eat. He's
1: like, 10 divided? Mm-hmm. Too hard, <laughs>
0: too hard, I need rocks. And so he thinks that the person saved up a bunch of food and then st- stopped taking the food they were given in, the new food, and ate their old saved up food. But the killer saw that they weren't eating any of the food that they were giving them and thought they were dead, Mm -hmm. came in and the person, and he walloped them and got away.
1: Yeah, which we assume now, if that's his escape method, the murder was actually the guy escaping. The murderer is the escaping, oh, maybe escape killing his. Well, captain. the guy
0: also said he was going to escape and kill a bunch of people. We mm-hmm. don't we still don't learn that at the end of this episode.
1: Yep. Uh, but I just thought this was so funny because before his like five minutes of deduction, he was like, I'm going to figure out how they got out and that'll get us out. And then he solves it. and He's like, wait, this doesn't help at all. it doesn't but
0: it leads them to the thing that does help
1: yeah because they realize he would also need water in addition to he'd have to save up his water but he doesn't have a a means to do that right he's
0: not saving his water in that chamber pot
1: yeah yuck (laughs) oh yeah they were like he doesn't have anywhere to keep the water but he did have a chamber pot (laughs) he needs that chamber pot for other things
2: also i'm just gonna say if he's playing dead and pretending not to be there that chamber pot's not very large, and I don't want to get graphic here, but yeah, there's some issues. What there. would you do with all of the waste?
1: Poop in the corner. They should have found a lot of poop. They probably should have.
0: They should have just found a, a pile.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Detective Academy Q
0: exploring the poop room. <laughs> so the question is water, 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 and we don't see what they find. Uh, from their side but we see the result of what they find from the other side i don't think i said the name of this episode Um, episode 28 is called sos from the underground prison and now they are going to send that sos they're sending out an sos so everybody upstairs is just about to give up but cosmo goes to the bathroom to wash his face
1: (laughs) another inexplicable thank god this happened moment (laughs)
0: that's when he discovers that the water in the faucet is flashing red and they determine it's an SOS from Q.
1: You know, I'm not, I'm not superstitious at all. But if I turned on the faucet and it was blinking red, I'd be like, "Fuck, there's demons in this plumbing." <laughs> well, but they're looking for people. They're looking for people. They make the comparison to a fiber optic cable that,
0: if you have water in a pipe, that the light can travel through it. I think that's true. I don't know. They talk about the like lit up fountain things. I feel like those normally just come from inside the fountain. I don't but... know. I don't know how it works. We then see Q is standing on a chair, and banging on a pipe in the ceiling Mm -hmm. with his flashlight and a rock, and they're able to hear that up above. And so they figure out they're downstairs, and then they notice what they didn't notice before, which was the scratch near the bookshelf, which is blocking the door. So they move the bookshelf, and they find the door. Ryu instantly solves the puzzle, and he gives the same explanation that Q did, and he solves the puzzle, and he moves it in exactly the same way. It's literally a retread of what we did last Mm -hmm, episode. mm -hmm, mm
2: -hmm. I liked that, because it felt a little bit like when Dora the Explorer says, like, hill rock mouth of the cave and then they say it a whole bunch of times to make sure you understand the show does a very good job of like explaining clearly to you what detective work has happened
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and this time they illustrate it even more like it kind of goes into a film negative almost as you see the snakes move and disappear Mm -hmm. pretty illustrative so they're at the top of the stairs and they see the locked door down below and this is where the other two matter the other two that are eh, along for the ride They matter, kind hopefully. of matter. Well, they leave them up there to guard their back. And Ryu also has realized that someone might have infiltrated them and be posing. So he wouldn't leave one person because that could be the culprit. Mm-hmm. But if he leaves two of
1: them, they're But not of course, if there's two people. culprits, they're effed. So. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like these two people showed up at the same time. You leave like Kazuma and or like, no, Kinta's not there. I guess you don't leave Kazuma because he's a kid. Okay, it's still the right choice. Yeah, and they like bust open that door. They're like, we
0: found you. And they're like, but we need the, and Kinta's like, I'm here with the anti-venom.
1: Yep.
2: <laughs> amazing, amazing.
1: That almost felt like a edit for time where like they had another <laughs> dramatic scene where Kinta showed up because Kinta shouts that he has the anti-venom like off screen and they don't animate him showing up in a pl- and like giving it to them. So I think they were like, cut a scene for time. He's just going to shout it in this scene. It it was just the
0: perfect timing. <laughs> um,
1: and there's a very strong character moment
0: for Q here, I thought, which is that as soon as like they get the anti-venom and they've been rescued, Q starts crying a bit. Oh, yeah. Which is the whole thing about how like he was keeping on a brave face and kind of like because they were in danger. Mm-hmm. But at the moment they were out of danger. He's like, I don't need to be strong anymore, mm-hmm. which who, is something they've discussed
1: before. Who does he embrace when he's crying? Uh, It must be Ryu's legs. Oh, yeah, his boyfriend Ryu. They haven't haven't canoodled in like a few episodes. They haven't canoodled in a few episodes. I forgot about their deep running love. Not since the time they had that sleepover together. (laughs) So the
0: only things we got to check on is kind of the stuff that's kind of setting up the future episodes.
1: Yeah, and you you talked about this uh, teacher's meeting before, Sam.
0: Yeah, I don't know
2: any of the teacher's names, though. But there's a meeting and they... First of all, what a motley crew of teachers this whole has.
0: <laughs> yeah. Most of whom, there's a bunch present at the table who don't speak and are
1: barely seen because, you know, they're like background. But we know that these teachers are all action ready because in the opening theme, they stand in a circle around Don and there's that cool camera pan. So they're, <laughs> they're very reliable in that regard.
2: Um, but they're like arguing about Pluto's involve- potential involvement in the school, correct?
1: Right. Uh, and what to do about it?
2: Who's the guy yelling at our our new tall teacher with the rugged watch? Who is the like lighter haired guy?
1: That's Nanami or Cactus Sensei, as I like to call him. He's the disguised teacher. Yeah, he 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 has disguised himself as
0: many people back before Pluto was doing it. He
1: was yeah, he was disguised guy before disguises were in. But
0: his disguises are generally pretty bad. Yeah, often a cactus. Well,
2: and he and he gets in a fight with our tall. Scary dude, right? Like they go, they go toe to toe
1: with Hongo. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's definitely Cactus dude. (laughs) He's absolutely. What is a better disguise than being known for being bad at disguises?
1: Oh wow! This is my prediction. So this, my my prediction goes the opposite way because what I observed here is Hongo was like check all the students, look for the tattoo, which would only work to outscare you, and he didn't say anything about checking the staff. That's that's what I picked up from this scene. So you think it's him? You think it's Hongo? I think Hongo, again, with the watch was my yeah. first hint. The second hint is where he was like, check all the students. I think it's Kaori, and Kaori wants Ryu to get caught and for him to be her scapegoat.
0: No, I don't think so. I, I think I'm going to p- pick a third teacher. <gasps> I think they did the thing where they gave us a new person who's a very obvious suspect. So mm. I don't think it's that person. Mm. I think it's Maki, who's returned from overseas. He's pretty unremarkable, but, like, he's mostly been absent, mm-hmm. um, and he just has conveniently returned right now.
1: And when he first appeared, I thought he was going to be the murderer in that episode, but it turned out there was no murderer. Exactly.
2: <laughs> I just I just have to go back to my pick, because um, I feel like I've seen enough, like, you know, Monster of the Week style cop show sorts of things
0: mm-hmm. where
2: the person who says, I'm going to go investigate this all by myself.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: leave it to me, I've totally got it covered. I'm on top of it is obviously covering shit up.
0: I buy that. I buy that. I'm excited to see. This is my argument.
2: I, I don't know if this logic would really make any sense for this particular show, but That is my logic.
0: There's also a question because this is anime, like we might figure this out next episode or we might figure it out in the very last episode in like 20 (laughs) episodes.
1: My other favorite thing about this uh, teachers meeting is that much very true to DDS and its uh, approach thus far. They're like, there's like a murderer kidnapping students disguised as one of our people in our school. Do we think about closing the school? No. We're not going to even think about that. No. We're just going to keep the school open. (laughs) Child endangerment be damned. They're not even going to attempt to physically search people because of that makeup
0: that someone could just cover up their thing. But they could have found a snake thermos on someone. They didn't even need to throw it away.
1: They could have found a snake thermos. (laughs)
2: This this is the one where they give the argument that you'd have to rip the face off of every student.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Which
2: is so extreme. (laughs) But also, like... Not to not to get too real, but number one, it takes a lot to close a school, even though they only have eighty-four students, which I was like, oh man, small class sizes. But number two, like the approach of it seems like too much work to figure out if it's one of the students, so let's just not, feels like uncomfortably real. <laughs> this seems like too much effort, so we're just not gonna do it.
0: The ripping off the face thing is something that I feel like you see in Scooby-Doo. And sometimes they pick the wrong suspect and they're just like pulling at someone's cheeks. And the other place that happens all the time is
1: Detective Conan. It also happens a ton in Lupin the Third, which I think oh, from an anime third. perspective oh, that's is that's really that what I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah.
0: Lupin the Third, the title character is a thief who disguises himself in these kinds of real life disguises so the the detective who's chasing him will be come convinced someone's loop on the third and just pull at their face yeah
1: <laughs> um so yeah literally <laughs> ripping
0: people's face off of them
1: we just uh have two tiny little scenes left one it's like oh we're we're you know it's our our gango kids and they're like oh well status quo has been restored we're back to peace and q's just kind of like it kind of just bugs me guys like who is trying to murder us i don't know like yeah that does bug me like that would bug me for a while if my (laughs) attempted murderer was at large yeah (laughs) and then the other one is uh and they talk all about the guy who created the detective
0: who built this oh yeah 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 so -hmm. that might turn out to be yeah and
1: this is where they from uh, back at the beginning of our episode where he's they're like he was like one of the people who inspired the trick art like phenomenon, and yeah. I'm like, I don't, I, I, honestly have no evidence. This is a my, real art phenomenon. My takeaway from this is like any sort of nonsense can happen in that building. There could be
0: more hidden rooms. There right. could be secret passageways. I'm excited. Uh, what evs? Yeah,
2: and I think we're definitely meeting that character more in the future because they. I just feel like they foreshadowed it so hard.
0: Mm -hmm. and his death was unknown so he could maybe he's not even dead could be grandpa yeah could be uh, be the murder could be sir anubis we don't know yeah um and then there's a scene between ryu and miss yurie Mm -hmm. who ryu is kind of confronting her um we know she's like his connection to pluto probably yeah and she's like do you know anything about this two people almost died and nothing really comes of it
1: yeah except he's like this is where we it's like possibly a character moment where we see that ryu maybe is a member of pluto but he's not into this murdering of his friends like it's not like a ploy he's like i'm not gonna let you do it so i think it's like foreshadowing his like turning around and being like Mm. betray my organization I'm fully
2: ready for the Pluto to be uh, secretly good guys and the school to be secretly bad guys. I'm <laughs> would be always nice ready twist. for that sort of flip-flop to happen.
0: I don't think that's in this anime, but you got to love that.
1: I would love to see how they took an organization whose primary thing is charging people exorbitant amount of money for elaborate murder plans and making them good guys somehow. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Listen, they're just capitalists. <laughs> <laughs> what do bad guys do when they've gone you know legit but they have to still make money they sell their plans for money
1: i almost i just really love the idea of pluto because you have these detective shows where people come up with these crazy ways of murdering people and at least in this universe the reason people have these plans is because they can buy them (laughs) uh last thing to touch in on is maybe the post-credit scene Mm mm-hmm
2: I didn't watch that
1: either. <laughs> oh, it's just Megu pervin out. She's she pictures Q sucking on her leg, and she thinks to herself, "Gosh, what would that look like if Ryu was doing it?" And the nurse is standing behind her, and she's she's kind of
0: like murmuring out loud, and the nurse is looking at her like, "Ugh, girl." <laughs>
1: I like that they let Megu perv out, though, because they spend so much of this anime letting the boys perv out. Why not let the girl perv out? Yeah,
0: that fantasy of like the mysterious classmate sucking the venom out of the <laughs> leg. Ugh. Wow. What a fun fetish that must be. Ugh. All right, we did it. We did it. <laughs> All right. Well, I got to ask you, Sam, because you you caught a snippet of this school and we've seen their educational philosophy unfold in other places. So as a teacher, are you, what do we think of this school's approach to learning?
2: I think frankly, it is, I don't know why one country needs that many detectives. So if they're doing it kind of like the college model, like I was a theater major. So uh, among other, you know, majors and minors, but like, The vibe when you're a theater major at some places is like, you better be really good and you better be really serious about this. Otherwise you're wasting everyone's time. And that is kind of the vibe I got from the school plus like random danger, which also kind of applies to being a theater major because like sometimes they're just like, I don't know, do a scene, whatever, who cares? Anyway, and don't think about safety precautions. But my point being- Uh, probably pretty bad school as far as schooling goes (laughs) and pedagogy, not an excellent, like setup for student success, but the ploy they do of like, you should be terrible, which makes kids work harder, I think is something that a lot of people think works better than it actually does in real life. But I have seen it work of uh, like, if I taught 86 kids last year, I saw it work with two kids. So it's not impossible, <laughs>
1: but it's
2: a bad model. But if they are trying to like weed out students who aren't serious about being detectives, I guess it makes sense. They just mm-hmm. all seem way too young to be treated so harshly.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, they sure and are.
2: And to clean the school.
1: <laughs> That's actually at least anime-wise a common punishment.
2: Hmm. It, makes, it, it makes a ton of sense. When we do punishments at school, you want the punishment to fit the crime which is a horrible way to put it because i can't get into policing in school but like if a kid makes a mess you want the kid to clean it up and that makes it right but if the kid is just kind of a jerk (laughs) then saying you have to clean the whole school and not being supervised and the kids being like i'm so serious about this that i'm gonna do multiple rooms and like let's make sure it does we do it well that's not very realistic (laughs) (laughs) yeah if I ask one of my kids, I've done this. I've had my kids, like, clean up the classroom, like, just pick up pencils on the floor. And if I, like, look down for 20 seconds, they're gone. They're just gone.
0: They <laughs> Leave the room. <laughs> that sounds true. Yeah. So, coming back to this anime, these two episodes told a nice, cohesive story that's now tying into the larger plot. So, uh, what did you think?
2: Um, I think... It does a lot in a short amount of time. I, I was grateful that these episodes kind of really only focused on the two characters, um, yeah. with the other characters mostly in support trying to free them. I didn't know a lot of the background about Pluto, so I think there was a lot I just straight up didn't understand, which yeah. I kind of went in expecting to not understand more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and as I said, I really liked how obvious they made all of their um, detective work, because if I, like, lost focus for a minute, it was like, oh, no, this is the floor plan. This is the storage room. You know, like, they made it very, very, very clear.
0: Well, uh, yeah, I'm glad you liked it. I thought there was a pretty cohesive story. It is interesting to see how it gets more into the plot of the overarching plot, how, like, the individual... Episode stories and the individual mysteries still kind of stand alone mm-hmm. as a bigger part of it.
1: Yeah, I wonder what part will be like, well, we can't have anyone watch this without them being totally confused. Oh, <laughs> well, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. They've certainly already brought Pluto farther. In this short set of episodes, then Detective Conan, in almost a thousand episodes, has brought this mysterious organization where everyone's named after alcohol. Yeah. Oh, I'm
0: so excited to get into the non-moving plot in Detective Conan. Yeah. Talk about a talk about a non-moving status quo. I get the sense a lot of things have been happening recently, but with new characters and stuff. But mm. I don't know because I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> would Would you watch more?
2: Um, I think I would. But I would have to find alone time to watch it because my uh, partner was like, <laughs> l- like left the house when I put it on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why is that?
2: Uh, I don't. I think he's afraid of loving it too much. Oh
1: no!
0: <laughs> no, he yeah. just
2: didn't want to watch anime, and I was like, great, I'm going to. Oh, I didn't um, know that about him. I yeah, I don't. Do you know. think
0: he'll watch anime if, if I ask him to for the podcast? I'll give him like <laughs> a real small assignment. <laughs>
2: I think it's worth a shot because like, I uh, I don't know about you all, but for quarantine, we've just been rewatching a lot of the same shows because it's very comforting. So having something that's not even a genre we usually watch felt um, like something new, which I really liked.
1: I generally don't rewatch or reread or replay anything like I, I have everything too fixed in my memory and I don't like revisiting the same things over and over again
0: sometimes I make him, but I also get to rewatch stuff that I like along with him for the first time.
1: I also think I have a reflex in my brain that was built from like working two jobs and going to school half time, where I'm like, everything I, every moment I spend not doing something new is wasted time.
2: I do feel, I do feel that because like teaching is so intense, but um, usually my brain is so dead by the end of being on Zoom all day and like yeah. whatever other work I have to do that Just putting on an episode of The Office where I like know exactly who's going to say what at what time feels nice.
0: (laughs) It's nice when you can like, yeah, walk out of the room and you don't have to worry and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yes. Cool. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Most people haven't hated it. (laughs) That we've exposed it to.
1: Just Nick Elmer. Yeah. He liked it for the second time.
0: He's difficult to please. (laughs) So... We're not the only people in the world that have opinions. Mm, It's true. And if you are listening to this and you have an opinion, you can share that with us at dyingmessagepodcast at gmail.com. If you're listening to this episode, you've just missed Michael's birthday. (gasps) But it's not too late to send in fan art. Any special requests for
1: your birthday? Something hot. Something horny. (laughs) Someone sucking someone's someone's leg. Oh, no.
2: (laughs) Careful what you ask for. Yeah, I want it. I'm, I'm,
1: I've said many times if you send erotic fan art, I will explicitly describe it on the podcast. I am completely stealing that bit from the Nicole Buyer uh, on her podcast, Why Won't You Date Me, where she says to send her horny things and she'll read it. And I don't care. I, wa- I want it. <laughs> yeah. So
0: next week, we will be covering a three episode chunk, episodes 29, 30, and 31 of Detective Academy Q. The. Um, Two characters, I forget which two characters are being sent undercover at another school where there's like these weird online, like people are being filmed, being murdered or something like
1: that. Oh no, Zoom, but with death?
0: Yeah, something like that. It'll be a nice escape from our present day of Zoom, but with life. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) But I really think it's been a delight to have you on, Sam.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Do you have any recommendations, plugs, or shout-outs?
2: Um, you know, go vote. Make sure you're registered to vote. By now, This, I guess you should already know. Um, and read a book sometimes. It's very good escapism, and it makes your brain happy.
0: Awesome. Um, Hello, listeners. Thank you for listening this far. Thank you so much for also the, all the things you can do to help spread the word about the podcast, Uh, as, As we continue to grow, the main thing that you can do is if you're listening on Apple podcasts, rate, review, leave us a comment. Other places that you listen to the podcast do the same thing that lets other people know when they're looking for a new podcast. Hey, this is something that someone else out there likes. Maybe I'll like it too. You can also connect with us in a bunch of different ways, like sending us that email at, dyingmessagepodcast at gmail.com, Connecting with us on social media. We're on Facebook, Dying Message Podcast. We're on Twitter at Dying Message Pod. And just keep listening. We're, like, getting into the meat of Detective Academy Q for the first time. I didn't realize we were vegetarians before now.
1: We've gotten so far into the meat that I need some demi-glaze.
0: But Q never brought it home at the they end of the first episode, home. unfortunately. <laughs> So stick with us. Um, I'm excited for this because I think the end of Detective Academy Q will be fun. And because then we've got some other fun things where, you know, we look at some different anime here and there. Ah, of course, before we go, Sam, there's something very important I need to ask you about. How did you solve the case of the missing Ben and Jerry's?
2: Um, so I was at an overnight camp and I had bought some Ben and Jerry's and left it in the freezer. And when I came back, it was gone. Um, I lived with like a bunk full of other girls at this camp. And I asked one of them and she said that another girl had taken it and opened the freezer and said, I'm going to have some ice cream. Uh, And that's how she said it. And I um, wanted to beat the crap out of her. But (laughs) I think I made her buy me a new one.
0: (laughs) So you knew exactly who it was.
2: I just did I uh, I I conducted a series of interviews that um, was a series of one maybe two. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you have to be rough with people? Uh,
2: I think I was already visibly upset so they were already like whoa whoa okay I think it was this cuz it was an arts camp none of us were going to rock the boat I Gosh, guess This
1: this reminds me so much of the oddly uh, recurring anime trope of who ate my pudding. Uh, which is usually flan. It's it's flan, but they call it p- pudding or pudding, uh, and it's like a trope where like a girl leaves, specifically a girl leaves p- her pudding in the fridge, and somebody eats it, and she gets mad. It it happens a bunch. Sam, do you remember what flavor of Ben & Jerry's it was?
2: Um, they don't make it anymore. My camp was in Vermont, and they sold um like bad batches. So, like, batches that had, like, not enough stuff in it or too much stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you get it at, like, a ridiculous discount price. And it was a flavor that I think was called Fossil Fuel that had little chocolate dinosaurs in it. That's huge. Um, I
1: remember that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and it,
2: like, had so way too weird. many dinosaurs in it because it was in, like, an, an, a bad batch or something.
1: What a burden. So,
2: I was furious. I, I, I like, got fussy all through college. I'd be fussy about my stuff in the fridge. I also one time had a friend's birthday cake get stolen. Same story except I didn't find out who the culprit of that was.
1: What? Was it at least like an after the fact cake? No, the before no. like before celebration cake, not like a it half left before. over. Cake. Oh, gross.
2: And I like looked up a recipe to bake ice cream into the cake so it was an <gasps> ice cream cake. Oh, no. You it was-
1: made it? It wasn't even yeah. a grocery store cake?
2: No, I made it. And they stole it plate and all. That it was e- gone egregious. the whole
1: cake oh my god I would have been furious yeah
2: I have I a real <laughs> I get real nervous about stuff in the fridge I guess
0: you're also <laughs> unlucky I haven't really been burned
2: maybe you're the one stealing stuff and you just haven't noticed now
1: was it you Noah? maybe it was me did you eat my flan? <laughs> he winked at me it was him
0: and that closes the case on this week's dying message the detective anime mystery podcast Episode 18, in which we stay after school and play rock, paper, scissors. Podcast cover art created by Miriam Bloom. Music excerpted from Solve the Damn Mystery by Jesse Spillane. Thank you again to our mystery guest Sam Abrams, alias Phil Salmon. Coming up, will Ryu and Megu blow their cover at their fancy prep school? How dark is a mystery about snuff videos going to get? Who is the murder collector? All that and more when we next examine the scene of the crime for that fatal note. The dying message. We're like five minutes away from being done, but I have drank two liters of water today, so I'll be right back. Is that okay? I'm so sorry. Oh, Noah. Can
1: you turn off your microphone? Oh, Noah wants me to turn off my microphone while he pees so I don't pick it up, so I won't be talking to you for these few minutes.
2: (laughs) Okay, I'll turn mine off too, because I think I know how to do it.
1: Okay.